Welcome to the MidMichigan Pet Expert Talk Show Podcast, a program all about caring for your animal companions. Now, here's our hosts, Rick Pruce and Lee Cohen. Yeah, this is a story of famous dog. For the dog that chases its tail. Welcome, pet keepers, to this week's MidMichigan Pet Expert Talk Show. I'm your host, Lee Cohen, here with, wait a minute, that's not Rick Pruce. Sitting in the Rick Pruce chair, we have Sally Babbitt, one of our sponsors. Thank you so much for joining me, Sally. Thanks for having me in. I'm really looking forward to this. Today. Oh, it's my pleasure to have you, Sally. Usually, I've got Rick Pruce, and I've got to tell you, I wish that he could be here. He is a little bit under the weather, but we're pulling for him. And I know that he's just going to be back in that chair because there's just something fun about being able to talk about pets every week. It absolutely is. I'm I'm really excited about our guest today and uh, really looking forward to doing this with you, Lee. Well, it should be a lot of fun. Now, to begin with, Sally, before we get to the guests, uh, I know that you are somebody who likes to spend a lot of time outside and you've got a dog and bottom line is, I don't know about you, but this week we had a big scare with our dog. My wife found one of the biggest ticks I've ever seen in my life uh, on the floor in our kitchen that the dog had carried in with him. And I've got to tell you, that was very scary. I think we're in for one of the worst tick and mosquito seasons that I've ever seen. As someone who likes to go camping, what can people do to keep their their pets safe? Uh, what, what kind of things have you been doing? We started the season with um, an oral medication that she gets, I think, about every three months. Um, that has helped, seemed to have helped with her, but she is a short-haired dog, so that also helps. Um, I think we're, we've probably found more ticks on us than on the dog, and maybe that's um, maybe that goes to show the effectiveness of the medication. Um, but uh, the mosquitoes, I'm I'm open to suggestions because uh, everyone I've talked to has the same same impression that they're they're just out of control. I mean, we do the usual uh, try very various uh, mosquito sprays, skin so soft from Avon. Uh, citronella candles you name it it's, right. it's been rough yeah there's no question about it once the we found the tick my wife after taking a picture of it to prove to me how big it was and it wasn't an exaggeration she immediately got over to the vet and started the medication because we had been using a topical but she just decided that we need to go beyond just topical and do everything we can to deal with them and it's just just, it's something that people have got to really pay an inordinate amount of attention to. And the other suggestions, that, other than what you've just said, that people have mentioned to me was just making sure that there's no water that's piling up. I mean, we've been emptying the bird bath because uh, we're afraid of what that can create. And just essentially 
keeping the lawn cut real short and frankly before the animal comes in the house you got to inspect them and from what you're telling me it looks like you got to inspect yourself uh, to make sure that you don't have them oh definitely always inspect yourself especially up around the scalp where they can kind of burrow in you know under your hair but I, I will also say that my neighbor has uh, free-range chickens and my understanding is that those are really good for keeping the tick population down so we may be experiencing some benefit from that as well because they do come into our yard also right well it sounds to me like uh, we better hope for some neighbors with some chickens uh, <laughs> or, or get some yourself and the bonus is you get fresh eggs <laughs> not a bad plan but Sally for today's show we're going to talk with you about some of your expertise as an attorney who works with people when it comes to uh, planning for their future uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that related to animals in the second half of the show. But in the first half of the show, we're going to talk with Denise Rose, who is the founder of a local rescue organization. And she has a big event taking place today. And uh, we're going to find out all about that event taking place at the Jolly Road Veterinary Hospital right here on Jolly and Dunkel and all the things you can get if you happen to go. And it starts right after this show. So we will be back right here in a minute on 1320 WILS. At Doggy Daycare and Spa, we love dogs. We love hanging out with dogs, grooming dogs, and kissing dogs goodnight. 20 years ago, we introduced MidMichigan to Doggy Daycare. We've built two custom facilities and provided countless clients and their dogs with the very best in cageless daycare, boarding, and grooming services. Stop in for a tour at either one of our convenient locations in Delta Township on Mount Hope Highway or on the corner of Grand River and Cornell and Okemos. Give us a call at 333-WOOF. That's 333-9663 and let us love your dog. Doggy Daycare and Spa, where the hip hounds hang out. At Liberty Coins in Frandor, happy customer stories happen almost every day. In June, a woman came in to purchase some silver. She said she had inherited a gallon-sized bag of jewelry from her mother several years ago. It was lying in a drawer at home because she thought they were all costume pieces. The employee suggested she bring in the bag to get it checked out, which she did the next day. The customer guessed she might receive $500. Instead, she was stunned when Liberty paid her more than $17,000. What hidden treasures might you have? Pick up a free copy of our Cash in Your Treasures brochure in our store or view it online at libertycoinservice.com. For 50 years, Liberty Coins and Frandor has been the right place to go. I'm Tom Colson reminding you to put cash in your pocket today. We're Liberty Coins, we're right on the money. Hey, hey, mama said the way you move, gonna make you sweat, gonna make you groove. We're back here with the MidMichigan Pet Expert Talk Show. And Sally, we have with us on the line a first-time guest. Her name is Denise Rose, and she is the founding president and the director of New Hope Pet Rescue in Michigan. Welcome to the show, Denise. Thank 
you. Thank you for having us. Oh, it's our pleasure to have you. Denise, the reason we wanted to have you is because usually when we put our show on the radio, it's just followed up by breakfast for me and uh, my co-host. But today, that's not the case because you all have a big event that's taking place starting the second week off the air at 10 o'clock and going till 4 p.m. today. Can you tell our listeners about the big adoption event that you've got taking place today? Yeah, so New Hope Pet Rescue and Jolly Road Vet are, are uh, pairing up to have an amazing event. We're going to um, not only have an adoption event where you could possibly meet your new uh, best friend, but you can also bring your current pets and get them vaccinated, um, heartworm tested, any kind of um, vetting that they might need. Um, Jolly Road will provide that during that event. We're um, also going to have some amazing giveaways and raffles. Um, so we hope that, you know, lots of people come on out today and join in the fun. Well, when it comes to getting the vetting done, I know that there's a lot that people love to get, and that's great that Jolly Road is willing to do it. How many animals do you expect that you'll have there for adoption? Um, right now, we're not 100% sure on the number. Um, we're nailing down the number as we speak. Um, uh, we're hoping to have between 15 and 20 dogs and puppies available um, for people to meet. Um, we'd love for you to bring your current animals to the meet and greet as well. If you have animals and pets that you think might need to meet um, before you bring a dog home, um, that would be wonderful. We ask that you um, try to get pre-approved before coming, but if you can't, um, you know, we will have uh, means to get your application in today. Okay. And how do people go about getting pre-approved? What all is involved in that process? They would go to our website, which is newhopepetrescue.com, and complete the adoption application. It's all online, pretty simple um, and quick. Um, we do have a screening team on hand that will be screening applications. Our staff will be completing the adoption processes um, today. Wow, that sounds fantastic. And when it comes to the animals that you guys have, how do you typically get the the animals? Are they uh, simply lost and founds? Are they uh, turn-ins? I mean, how, how exactly does that work with your rescue? Sure. So No Hope Pet Rescue has a unique mission of um, saving dogs from kill shelters. So we don't take a lot of strays in. We don't take a lot of owner surrenders. Um, our mission is to pull dogs out of kill shelters where they're, um, you know, scheduled to be euthanized, um, bring them into our rescue. Um, we do, they all go into foster homes. We are a foster-based rescue, which a lot of people don't know. They think that we have a shelter um, to keep these animals. Unfortunately, we don't. Um, and then we do all of the vetting. So they get spayed, they get neutered, uh, microchipped, all of their vaccinations, heartworm tested, um, heartworm treated if they're treat, you know, if they're positive. Um, so we do all of that vetting prior to the adoption. Um, and that all is included in their adoption fee. You know, the adoption fee basically rolls back in, um, for the next dog's vetting, if you will. So Denise, um, I've noticed on my way home from work, um, there's a house that has had some New Hope yard signs. Mm -hmm. 
Um, yeah. Something about fostering. So that must be um, then a, a foster home for you, or would that be somebody who has adopted through you? That would be a foster home. We do have, we are in um, dire straits for foster homes, honestly. Um, you know, last year we placed around 1,400 animals. Um, and that included, we used to place kitties and dogs, or dogs, both kitties and dogs. And then we also did a rabbit, saw a couple rabbits and some pigs. We're in dire straits for foster homes. Um, so luckily, we do have our fosters that show support. You know, it's a great way if they're not really 100% sure, um, you know, if they're going to have the time to, um, if they're ever going to have the time to uh, have their own pet or, you know, the ability to to keep their own pet. It's a short-term commitment and kind of gets them into the scheduling and, you know, find out if actually owning a dog is is the right, right step for them. So about how long do you typically have um, a pet in the foster home before it's placed out? Sure. So we require that all of our um, animals stay in rescue for at least two weeks. That's even if they're already bedded, you know, already stayed neutered. Um, And the reason that we do that is because if they're going to break with, you know, parvo or if they're going to get kennel cough or have any kind of issues, most generally, they'll have that during that two-week time. So we call it a two-week quarantine time where we quarantine the animal um, into the foster home, and then we take care of uh, both behavioral issues um, as well as any kind of medical issues that we may may have. Um, so at least two weeks, um, you know, sometimes a month, sometimes, you know, six months. I mean, it just, uh, you know, really depends on... Um, you know, how, how fast the adopters see them. Sure. So do you have some foster homes that just are kind of your go-to uh, homes and they kind of repeatedly foster for you? We do, actually. We have a lot of um, veteran fosters that actually started with us and they've continuously supported us. You know, I can think of, you know, probably 20 fosters that have, you know, they've been eight years of fostering and pretty much a revolving door for them. You know, they've they opened their home up when we've put out the call, you know, desperate need for a dog that's going to be euthanized without help. And, um, you know, so, yes, we have, you know, we have a lot of amazing fosters that have fostered for us for several years, you know, and, and we've built a really great relationship with them. Well, that's really fantastic. And when it comes to the fixing of situations it sounds like from a medical standpoint i understand how you do it but from a training standpoint where are you getting that expertise is that something that is literally inbred in you or do you have uh training people on on retainer that help you i mean how does that work so a lot of, luckily, it is a lot of um, knowledge through the years, you know. So a lot of us have um, done rescue for a long time, and we've, you know, we've dealt with a lot of behavioral issues. Um, we also work with Hector Hernandez. Um, he's an amazing trainer in the Lansing area. Um, so when we get our difficult dogs that we just really are not sure, you know, what to do with them or we need some additional guidance, um, we do work with Hector. Um, 
you know, and so when we get some difficult dogs, we also offer a refund on adoption fees. So, um, and what we do is when we get a difficult dog that maybe needs more training or needs a little bit more work, um, we will adopt them to the adopter with the understanding that as soon as they show proof that this dog has completed a session or completed their training with Hector, then we refund their adoption fee. So it's kind of a win-win for them. You know, they get the training that they need, but they also get a great dog. Um, so... You know, we try to come up with those kind of programs to help the not only the dog be successful, but also the adopter. Well, that's fantastic. And we've had Hector on our show many times and have had a lot of conversations. So uh, it sounds like you've got really good solutions and place for that. Now, as a charitable organization, 501c3, I believe you said, where does the funding come from? So all of our funding, we're donation-based. Um, so, you know, all of the funding comes from adoption fees. You know, so we roll the adoption fee from the animals into the care for the next animal. And then we also are donation-based. So, you know, we, we ask for donations for medical. You know, so we actually just got a dog today that um, has double cherry eye. Um, she's had it for years, and so she's pretty miserable. Um, and then she's also heartworm positive, so you add that on top of it. Um, so, you know, she's going to have a pretty hefty bill when it comes to, um, you know, her vet care. She's got to still be spayed. She's got a lot of vet care that we're going to have to do once we get her settled in. So we we would do a fundraiser for her um, to try to raise the funds to help cover that vetting. You know, so pretty much any every penny that we get rolls back into saving the next life gotcha so denise this sounds um really kind of different than other uh rescue and humane societies and certainly the animal shelters we have um how did this how did this group get started so in 2013 um i got a an idea of having some fun you know and my and my idea of fun was you know saving animals so that's kind of where it began um i started the the rescue in the back of my um van and had no foster started it with my own funds and um, would go to the shelters and pull animals out um we have about 70 fosters um, that help, you know, now and then. And then we have, you know, a staff of six people right now that work nonstop to save lives. Man, that, that's just a really great mission. And so, so what would be the adoption process if, you know, someone's interested in adopting through you? Sure. So the first step is to get your application in. Um, everything that we do is online. So the application is um, at our website, like I said, newhopepetrescue.com. Um, once you have your application in, we ask that you only do one per year um, because otherwise we get bombarded. You don't have to do one for every animal that you want to meet. Um, once you're approved, your application is good for a year. Um, and so during that one-year time period, you can meet several animals, you know, if you see somebody that you're interested in and they're available, we'll send you the foster's information so that you can reach out and schedule a meet and greet. 
Wow, that's mm-hmm. that's a really slick process. I like that one application per year. Um, is there a limit then on uh, how many animals uh, a potential um, adopt adopter um, can can get in a year? Um, no, there's there's not. Obviously, you know, if they um, adopt from us, they're they've kind of got an in. You know, if they've already adopted from us and we're familiar with the household. Um, you know, we, we kind of do go on a base case by case basis. So, I mean, we don't want somebody that has, you know, six dogs trying to bring another one in and not sure how it's going to go. So, we're, you know, we're, we try to be mindful of the laws and the rules of the, you know, the county and, and that. Um, obviously, if they're renting, you know, we have to be really careful about breeds and, um, you know, so we try to be careful about that. So there's a lot of, um, information in, in the screening process. Let's get to the adoption event and just wind up with that because that's the big thing taking place. And it's taking yeah. place today. Uh, and the address of the Jolly Road Veterinary Hospital is 3276 East Jolly Road in Lansing. And it's on the corner of Jolly Road right by Dunkel. So it should be fairly easy to find. Now, when people get there, uh, what is the process? that they're going to follow um they can actually just come on in take you know park um they can either go to the event section we will be set up um kind of on one side of the um parking lot and they can either do that depending on what they're there for so if they have animals that need vaccinations or heartworm tests or warming or something like that they can go to what that's where they'll go by the vet set that office um We'll, you know, we'll have our adoption event set up on the opposite side. Okay. And the event is going to take place from 10 a.m. until 4 p.m. And yeah. if people have any questions, is there a phone number that they can call or somewhere that they can go to get some additional information? Sure. They can actually email us. The email is a little bit quicker. Um, they can email NHPR. Prez, P-R-E-S, at gmail.com. Okay, fantastic. We've been talking this morning with Denise Rose, who is the founding president and the director of the New Hope Pet Rescue in Michigan. And Denise, we want to wish you the best of luck this afternoon with the event. I hope you guys get a big, huge crowd. And congratulations on your success, because over a thousand dogs being rescued is phenomenal for a privately funded organization so kudos to you and your gang thank you so much i appreciate your time and 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 sponsoring us today oh it was our pleasure uh and sally after the break we're going to come back and we're going to talk about uh some other issues related to when you get a dog and what some of the planning you need to do right here on 1320 WILS. Sally Babbitt, founder and president of Babbitt Legal Group, is a pet mom and has over 20 years of experience helping people plan for death and incapacity. Let her help you plan for your pets. So when most people think about planning for death or incapacity, they think of preparing a will or a trust that directs the distribution of their assets to their loved ones upon their death. But two other important functions of a will or a trust can include providing for the future of your pets if you pass away or become incapacitated and also 
making a gift to your favorite charities, including local humane societies, pet rescue organizations, and national or worldwide animal welfare organizations. How do I get started? You can contact us at 517-507-3306. The first way to begin is to schedule an appointment and come in and talk to a qualified estate planning attorney who actually has knowledge in the area of planning for pets. To learn more, visit sallybabbittlaw.com. SallyBabbittLaw.com. If you can't find what your pet needs on planet Earth, have you considered finding a new planet? Of all nearby curios, there is one world where pets reign supreme. A planet where bright blue aquariums stretch as far as the eye can see. Where fresh and saltwater fish of all colors dance before happy customers. A planet where tarantulas and toads dart just out of sight, peeking up from the undergrowth at smiling visitors. A planet where birds from half a world away sing day and night, calling out to curious shoppers. A planet where turtles plod along during daily treks to the watering hole. A planet with pet supplies aplenty, enough to care for any kind of pet in any home, with friendly employees to help you find just what you need. A planet made exclusively for your pets. Welcome to Planet Bruce. Don't just get a pet, get a Bruce pet. We're back here with the MidMichigan Pet Expert Talk Show. And Sally, for this segment, rather than bringing in another guest, when I've got an expert sitting right across from me, I might as well just ask you because... It was a great conversation that we just had uh, with Denise regarding the adoption of animals, but sometimes people don't always think about what it takes to really adopt and care for an animal. There's a lot of concerns and questions that you're really better off to think about in advance of making a decision to do that rather than waiting for something to happen and then just kind of dealing with it. And a lot of it has to do with financial planning, something that you spend a lot of time with. So I guess I'll ask you, if if I'm thinking about adopting a dog, what are the considerations that I need to go through legally, financially, in order to succeed with this decision? I, I think that... Um most people are simply um, thinking that they're going to bring home a delightful animal, and whether that's a cat or a, a dog or, like she said, a rabbit. Or a pig. Or a pig, yeah, if you've got the space. Um, and, and everything's going to be you know, just great. But we tend to ignore our own um, wealth, vulnerabilities, and ultimately mortality. And so we have to be thinking all the time, what if? What if, for example, we end up unexpectedly in the hospital, um, as has you know happened today? Um, it, what if we um, unexpectedly pass away? So we always need to be thinking about the long-term future of our animals and making some plans for what if I can't be the one to be there? Now, when you say long-term plans, what kind of things 
should we be thinking about? Because, for example, I think about if I get an animal, when I think of long-term planning, well, the first thing that pops into my mind is pet insurance. Because the truth is, I don't know when something bad is going to happen to my animal. The only thing that I do know is if I end up in an emergency care situation with my animal, it's probably going to be a pretty significant bill that I'm going to be presented with and expected to pay. So is that one of the things that you often recommend to people and how important is it? I think that uh, pet insurance has become um, a much better much better and much more competitive product than it was, say, 15 years ago. Um, more and more companies or organizations, I know ASPA, ASPCA um, has a, a pet insurance program and others, um, and you really need to just do what you do with every every other kind of insurance plan that you have. Take a look at it, what's included, what's not, what would be uh, excluded, are there certain breeds that might be excluded, um, what are my out-of-pockets? And then, of course, ultimately, what are the premiums um, uh, relative to my out-of-pockets? And that that's like, it's like every other insurance, you know, you, you, you kind of hate paying premiums when you don't need it, but there's nothing better when you do need it. And, um, you know, I can speak to the costs of care very recently. You and I have had this conversation. I lost my dog a week ago. Um, in an emergency situation, and the you know the initial consult was we need an eight hundred dollar deposit to even do diagnostics. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a pretty steep bill. Um, I I do suggest also that people look into um, uh, an account called Care Credit. Yes, and um, that's uh, I use it exclusively uh, for. Um, out-of-pocket vet bills um, because it has an, uh, a six-month period of interest-free payoff. Um, but you also can use it for human, medical, and dental mm-hmm. uh, costs. And so that's a, a really nice thing to have as well, even if you had pet insurance, because uh, same thing with every insurance. Of course, you're always going to have some out-of-pocket expenses or deductibles. Right. So that's a good place to start. Well, I've talked with a number of veterinarians who have said that the difference, especially those that do surgeries, they have said that the people who bring in their pets who have pet insurance and care credit ask the question, what do we need to do to fix the problem? And unfortunately, many of them who don't have access to those two come in and basically they can't fix the problem. They're just looking at uh, what do we have to do to put them uh, out of their misery. And uh, it's, it's, it's a tough situation because a lot of the vets have said to me that the animal was savable. And it, it just came down to a financial question, and that makes them miserable because vets don't like euthanizing animals that they know they can save. They want to take care of them. But just like everybody else in any type of business, they have to make responsible decisions because it impacts human lives of all the people who work for them and all the people who go to them. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Um, those are always really 
gut-wrenching situations. Um, I I think another one that comes to mind uh, from the legal perspective is that um, I've actually had to sign authorizations um, when leaving my dogs overnight or boarding or daycare sometimes so that if anything happens to the dog, um, the person watching my dog and, you know, has custody, so to speak, of my dog at the time is authorized to um, get treatment. Um, Of course, we think of that with with people all the time. We don't think of that so much with our pets. But um, in the power of attorney, in the durable power of attorney that I use, I have a provision in there that does authorize the agent uh, under the power of attorney to um, authorize pet care and payment. Um, I think that's a pretty unique provision. But I think that's important just in case we can't be there. Right. No, it, it is very important. And besides the pet insurance or the care credit situation, there's financial considerations that people really need to make before adopting because we just heard from Denise where she talked about certain dogs that had certain ailments at the at the beginning and and people, sometimes you'll deal with a rescue that is very above board and very honest about that, but sometimes they may not be or even different from that. They just might not know what really has gone on in the history of that animal and subsequently could come back around. And so when you adopt one, it's almost as if you need to have a rainy day fund that you set aside for the care of this animal in the case of an emergency so that when it does occur, it doesn't blindside you and and leave you with no recourse in that situation. Is that something that people typically do? I would say they probably don't typically do, but they should. Um, and I think that, uh, you know, I see that even with people. You know, people are constantly being forced to make decisions about, um, do I go in and, you know, get my tooth fixed, you know, because I don't have insurance um, and they don't have that that emergency fund. And I think that people need to really start taking a look at um, having animals similarly to having children. And um, one of the things that, you know, ultimately talking about our, you know, our being human um you know, at some point, we're all going to pass away, and we need to acknowledge that and deal with it. And so setting up a, a trust, you know, a pet trust, um, and setting aside money and direction for our pet can be um, just a really, really beneficial situation for both your your family members, the survivors, as well as the pets. So that's all kind of been thought through. Right. And I would think that the time to do that is when you're adopting the animal and you're getting everything straight, why not just take care of your affairs up front? Because in my experience, when you wait until after the fact and you're dealing with the stress of things, it gets much tougher. Whereas if you do all of the legwork in advance, it just seems to make life work much better, if I'm not mistaken. That's absolutely true. And in some cases, you know, if you become incapacitated, you can't 
make those plans. But these plans should be set up to go forward for whichever pets that you have right. and not just, you know, this particular pet. So it's definitely worth the investment. It, sound, it sounds like it. Well, Sally, we need to take a quick break. But when we come back, I'd like to talk with you about another thing that's going on right now, because this is July, the month of fairs everywhere. And there's a lot of animals being acquired. And there's a lot of care that needs to be done for them legally. And we're going to talk about that right here on 1320. W-I-L-S. If you can't find what your pet needs on planet Earth, have you considered finding a new planet? Of all nearby curios, there is one world where pets reign supreme. A planet where bright blue aquariums stretch as far as the eye can see. Where fresh and saltwater fish of all colors dance before happy customers. A planet where tarantulas and toads dart just out of sight, peeking up from the undergrowth at smiling visitors. A planet where birds from half a world away sing day and night calling out to curious shoppers a planet where turtles plod along during daily treks to the watering hole a planet with pet supplies aplenty enough to care for any kind of pet in any home with friendly employees to help you find just what you need a planet made exclusively for your pets welcome to planet Bruce. Don't just get a pet, get a Bruce pet. We're back here with the Mid-Michigan Pet Expert Talk Show, and I've been talking this morning with Sally Babbitt, who is the principal at Sally Babbitt Legal in Delta Township. And Sally, I appreciate your being here in an emergency with me, but I wanted to ask you a question about something that's going on right now that I just think is... I, I don't think the public is conscious of it, and it's something that you and I were talking about, and that is you've got all of these fairs going on, uh, the Ingham County Fair, the Fowlerville Fair, the Eaton County Fair, the Jackson Fair. They're all going on, and one of the big features of these fairs are the kids who are out there selling animals as a part of 4-H, and frankly, some of those animals animals, when you get involved with them, you're starting to get into some pretty hefty financial commitments, and there's got to be some legal protections that you should take when you're doing that. Correct me if I'm wrong. Well, you're absolutely right. And um, this this week, I've been able to spend quite a bit of time out at the Eaton County Fair because my granddaughter is um, out there with her horse. And I, I kind of feel like I'm getting the behind-the-scenes look at the fair. Of course, growing up, um, I grew up in Eaton County, and so my perspective on the fair was going over to the evening events, the midway, the food, and walking through and seeing the animals. Um, this year's been uh, really, really interesting um, and really has made me think of some of the logistics, you know, these these families really committing to being there for the week and um, putting so much time and energy and, and yeah, money into the animals. And many of them, you're right, are auctioned off. Um, 
But a lot of that is simply recovering the investment they just made in the last X number of years. Right. Um, very substantial amounts of money. I mean, some of the um, beef auctions and the pork auctions that go on there, um, think about how much you pay for a pound of beef. Um, and and it can be very substantial. And it's a long-term investment. You know, you're not selling a, a one-year-old animal every year. Um, and then, and then, on the on the back side of it, I was watching a lot of the horse um, events, the um, both the the technical as well as the speed events, and and listening to people and hearing that these animals, they are far from cheap. Right. Um, you know, I, I've heard some as cheap as the five or six hundred dollar range, and then I've heard others that they're spending seven, eight thousand dollars on a horse just to obtain the animal. Right. And of course, the upkeep and um, you know all of the equipment that you need can be a really substantial investment. And I don't know that people really look at it. Um, maybe some in some ways, maybe you look at the. Uh, the horse is a pet because there's there's a bond between animals um, animals and humans in general, but certain animals, as you know, uh, tend to tend to connect uh, and bond better with humans. You know, dogs, cats, and and horses. Right. Horses. Uh, the bond between the horse and the rider is critical in the horse's performance. Um, you know, you can take an eight hundred dollar horse that will beat you know, an $8,000 horse every day um, over and over in a speed event, you know, what is the difference? Oh, a lot of that is is the rider. Right. Um, but maybe the, the horses and whatnot f- seem more like a pet because of that bond. The the animals uh, for that are in livestock and auction, that's really a, a business transaction. Um, and... So I think we need to really look at those um, those animals as such, whether that's a business transaction or an you know investment or uh, a pet, and um, kind of take a look at our our planning. What, what's going to happen? Well, ultimately, it comes down to: Are you prepared for the unexpected? Because, as an example, we had a guest in here. It's probably been about a month ago, but uh, they had a significant uh, farm where they had alpacas and a llama. And those are not inexpensive animals either. They are not. And it's great when you think about no problem. We can do this. We're young. We've got energy and what have you. But God forbid something happens health-wise or financially and then what happens to the animals because a lot of times someone is going to have to care for those and where are they going to get the money to care for those animals if god forbid something were to happen to you and your family and i just again i think people so often are living in a world where no nothing really happens and then all of a sudden it does and when it does life becomes a roller coaster and not in a good way yeah, that is true. We are kind of the the experts in denial, mm-hmm. um, 
And I think that keeps a lot of people just in general from preparing a will or a trust or um, even just having the conversation. It's, it is a very difficult conversation. And so they, they certainly don't think of their animals, um, whether they're pets or, or livestock to sell, as part of what should be planned for. Um, and I think when you get into the, the livestock, you're, you're in a different kind of pet insurance, so to speak. Um, you're, you're really kind of more into um, business right. policies um, and checking out what is your coverage, you know. Um, whereas, you know, maybe on the horse side, maybe, maybe you can put that in a, a commercial policy depending on what the situation is. But is that going to be covered under a, um, a pet insurance policy? And if so, is it affordable? Um, because large animal vets are in short supply. Right. Um, long demand. Long demand, short supply, and um, and very expensive. When, you know, I mean, just think about when I had my two dogs, I had a 15-pound Boston Terrier, and then I have a 100-pound Great Dane. Well, when I go in to get my heartworm meds every year, that's a huge huge discrepancy and it's strictly because of the size uh, of the animal right you know so take my 100 pound great dane and say well how much is it going to be to give an antibiotic to you know my horse right um you know the the numbers just keep adding up yeah no there's there's a lot that goes into it and to sit down with someone like you and and talk about what is it that we've got in terms of an inventory of animals, just like you might of an inventory of business, and you begin to understand the amount of value that you've got tied up in that. And so the question becomes, how do you insure against the unpredictable? I mean, we've got tornadoes that could come through and do a lot of damage. We've got health-related issues. We've just come off a pandemic. I mean, there's just there's a lot of unpredictability in this world and it doesn't hurt to just plan and it's not horribly costly i can't imagine it's really not because once you sit down and create a plan you're making a comprehensive plan so that you're planning for your own disability your own death you're planning for um expenses for an animal or uh the care and and um custody of an animal and so you're you're really kind of if you work with somebody that knows what they're doing in this area you know you're sitting down once and you're you're trying to incorporate all of these things all of these different factors and and risks into your comprehensive plan and if it's done correctly it shouldn't need to be updated that often no it's just re-inventorying to see what's changed that's exactly right and so it's just worth again it's it's kind of a one-time investment that's going to uh pay off at some point um we know 
uh, just like life insurance. We know at some point it's going to pay. Right. And um, it might not be a payment to you, but it might be a payment to right. the next generation. That's exactly right. Which is really grateful because I would rather have the decisions made by my family rather than a bureaucrat who's a thousand miles away from me, who's looking at a situation not the same way that a family might look at it. So, Sally, if anyone is interested in getting in touch with you about something like this, how do they do it? Oh, um, they can, you know, find an attorney in this area, uh, whatever area they live in, um, who does not only the estate planning, but also kind of focuses on some agricultural clientele. Great. Uh, We've been talking this morning with Sally Babbitt, and unfortunately, we're out of time for this week's show. On behalf of our producer, Grant LaFave, and Sally Babbitt, my co-host, this is Lee Cohen wishing all of you a great weekend, a great week ad. We'll talk next weekend on the MidMichigan Pet Expert Talk Show. Meantime, please, please take good care of your pets. Have a great week. 